Hello, listeners. It's Philip here. I'm with my brother, Peter. Um, and it's your favorite podcast. Welcome back to the Doubles Alley. We, uh, we've we taken a break because, um, well, tennis has been on a break, but it suddenly isn't anymore. We had a uh, great week uh, at the U.S. Open Tennis Center in, in Flushing Meadows for the Western and Southern Open. And uh, and just like that, the U.S. Open draw is out. Um, I don't know about you guys, uh, but Peter and I, we were talking a little bit before the pod, and we're usually extremely excited about the U.S. Open, but for this year, I don't know. I mean, I'll pro- I'm, I'm definitely going to watch, but I'm just not that excited for it. Um, Federer and Nadal not being there has something to do with it but I mean a lot of guys aren't there either so it's not just them and uh yeah I mean there's this sort of pall over everything right now um so Peter my my first question before we get into the uh tennis uh, we're going to be going over the draw later but my first question to you is has there been an event that you usually look forward to but for some reason you weren't looking forward to it one year or one time that it, that it was going on? Yeah, I think um, one one event that fits that mold was probably first few years after graduating college. There's like an annual reunions for Princeton, and I was just not really, at least years like two through four or five, I was like not looking forward to actually attending and happy that I had the excuse that I was living in Austin and so it was far to get to New Jersey um, just because I felt like um, especially in that like age range there's a lot of like sizing each other up and um, it was something I was sort of dreading more than I was looking forward to even though the event is just an amazing event yeah I mean I've only been to one reunion since graduating and that's a I guess part of the reason why it's also you sort of have to like, you know, book hotels in advance and stuff. And I'm not very good at doing that. Um, for me, one event, uh, that strikes that, uh, comes to mind is, uh, at, at my, uh, middle school, we had like prize day where the best, Several students in the class would be commended for their academic performance, and uh, there were other awards given out. And usually, I was one of the best students in the class, but in eighth grade, I just sort of, uh, I really just second semester, I just like decided I, I wasn't going to try as hard, and you know, had a bit of a lull, and uh, yeah didn't do that great and knew I wasn't going to be commended. So I was just like, fuck this. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, this sort of reminds me of that. This, this U S open sort of reminds me of that because, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess Djokovic is in the draw and he's doing, uh, he's having an undefeated season and We've got team. Uh, we've got Medvedev. We've got uh, Sitsipas. Um, but I don't know. It's like it's one of these like periods where like Milos Raonic was in the finals just now. You know, like 
that sort of underscores how unexciting uh, this period of tennis feels, you know? Um, yeah, well, what were your thoughts about the Western and Southern Open? Yeah, I guess um, it was just, yeah, it was a little, it was more unpredictable than you usually get this time of year. Um, I thought it was interesting that Sandgren did pretty well in it. And um, uh, it, and Batista Agut did really well. And those are guys who generally do well in the Australian Open and just after long layoffs. So it made me wonder if the guys like that would do well, like would do um, better than they usually do in the U.S. Open. Um, in the, and if they're the actually playing first round. Oh, well, at least one of them will make the second round. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so it made me it made me wonder that. Um, I thought it was interesting that Djokovic had to come back um, after being down a set in both the semifinal and the final, and he was able to do so. I think Batista Agut was up a break in the third, too. And it's just like, the guy bends, but he doesn't break. Um, but at the same time, it seems like he uh, he's not really cruising through people. Um, so perhaps he's a little vulnerable. But if he's vulnerable... Everyone else who's a contender is a lot more vulnerable. This could be unpredictable. And I was wondering as well if everyone was really bring, bringing their 100% effort, um, number one of which whom was Dominic Team, who lost 6-1, 6-2 in like the <laughs> second round. Uh, but I think that um, the quality of tennis will be a lot better in the U.S. Open than it, than it was in Western and Southern. I think it was it was treated as more of a tune-up than anything else this past year, or this past week, and I think maybe the only reason Djokovic uh, stepped up was because to protect his undefeated record. I wonder if he wasn't undefeated this season, if he would have um, kind of folded and focused more on the, on the, U- on the U.S. Open. Um, I wonder if there are going to be more injuries this U.S. Open relative to others, uh, just given that they, there, it, it's been a little bit less of a, a lead up. Um, although the U.S. Open typically everyone's just worn down, so um, maybe it'll, there'll be less injuries. And uh, but most of all, I'm just missing Nadal in the draw. I'm, I'm actually missing. Missing Federer to some extent in the draw too. Yeah, I I watched um, the Bautista Gu uh, Djokovic match, um, and it was yeah. so clear that Djokovic had an extra gear that he would go to sometimes, and then like he would sort of be mentally like uh, he would sort of like like, power down a little bit mentally when he had, like, the edge, and that was when Batista Gu would, uh, would, like, make his move. But a 100% um, engaged, full-intensity Novak is just a level up from Batista. Like, I just felt like Djokovic could win any point he wanted to. 
but the difference was that Djokovic wasn't uh, choosing to win every point like he usually does. Um, and I think that was just like an intensity thing. It was almost as if uh, it was almost as if he had to, he was like sort of deciding mid match whether he wanted to win or not, and like he sort of knew that the 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 smart thing would be to throw it, but he just couldn't bring himself to do it because he just like he just like knows he's the better player and doesn't want like. I don't. He 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 just doesn't want whoever beats him to have that extra like strut in their step. I think I think it was sort of the same way against Milos. Like he lost the first set, and then maybe he was imagining Milos like strutting around the locker room like he's hot shit. Yeah, I just won a Masters one thousand. I beat Novak. Uh, and and then he just like manned up and was like, fine, I'll 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 do this. Just to spare myself of that, but uh, yeah, it was not a it was not a plus Novak. It was not even a minus Novak, but he was just like the better player, um, and and so he just won the matches, um, whether he wanted to or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm all, I'm sort of like I've I'm thinking more about you. Uh, French Open implications than I am even thinking about the U.S. Open. Um, I think when the U- where the U.S. Open gets extremely interesting is if Djokovic loses early for whatever reason, and then we basically have a major where none of the big three is in it. And like, how does this pl- how does this play out? Uh, but I think it's going to be the kind of thing where maybe like one or two of the young guns are playing really well and there's some sort of intrigue about how they'll do against Djokovic. But then when the match actually comes, it'll just be a demolition. Um, and by demolition, I don't even necessarily mean by the scoreline, but kind of like what you were getting at of just when it, when, when, when it gets to the point in the match where both people really want to win, it's really clear who has the edge. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking at the draw, I I think it seems extremely unlikely that Novak will lose early. Um, well, yeah, let's just like bring it up now because um, Novak section is is the top section. So his first round is Jumer, and he will have no trouble with Jumer. And then either Bublik or Edmund. I I have, I guess Edmund is the the favorite in that one, but. Either one of those guys would like need a not like just minor injury from Novak to get like past them. And then Struf is the round of uh thirty-two opponent, or at least unless like Sousa, Moe, or Martinez gets by him. And he beat and Novak beats Struf uh convincingly in last week so it's like uh he sort of has a comfortable road to the round of 16 and he'd be playing i guess the first if if it is indeed isner who gets there that's like his first challenge you know because you know like 
is there could be like a dark horse here because if everybody's uh, a little bit rusty, the most bankable shot in tennis is Isner's serve. So it's like, uh, yeah, he might just be able to rely on that. Um, yeah, and so I guess, who does Isner have to face um, to get there? He would have to face, like, Johnson. Um, and, yeah, that's actually a tough first-round match. Peter, who do you have? Do you have, like, Johnson? How much of a chance do you have Johnson against Isner? Against Isner? I think, uh, I don't know. It's it's so hard to say. Because Steve Johnson is um, is kind of a wild card. Both guys are kind of old. I would give Johnson, like, probably like a 20% chance, but... Yeah, I think I would, too. That. And then whoever wins that match would have to play, like, some Italian guy named Gallo or Barankis. And then uh, the likely third-round opponent is Bautista, or Carreño Busta. So, uh, yeah, I guess, like, Isner is likely to get to the round of 16. Um, and nobody wants to see Isner. So that's, like, the first match where Djokovic could, like, theoretically lose, though he's obviously the extreme favorite. And then I guess in the next section, we have uh, Shapovalov as the 12 seed um, against uh, the young American, uh, Korda. Um, what do you have playing out in the uh, Shapovalov-Fritz section? Yeah, I think um, I think Shapovalov should get to the third round. And, I don't know, Simone can play, but... Yeah, I think it should be Shapovalov against Fritz. Um, yeah, I have Simone. I think Shapovalov will get to the to the fourth. Um, although he's really unreliable, so like, who the hell knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have Shapovalov in the fourth. Um, yeah, this he, he just doesn't have like. Fritz is a good draw for him, you know? Like, uh, there just aren't... I guess that's one thing that makes this tournament so a little bit uninspiring is it's not just, like, the fact that the a few big dogs aren't there. It's also that they're just, like, kind of a dearth of dangerous floaters as well. Because, like, yeah. the dangerous floaters are, like, seeds now, you know? Yeah, and, and uh... Even the lower seeds, um, just you look at pretty much every single seed and you think, like, really? They're that high? And uh, Yeah, like, Bautista like, Goo's the seven seed. No, no, Guffin's the seven seed. Yeah, Guffin's the seven seed. Um, Taylor Fritz is the 19 seed. Really? Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, Wawrinka's not here either. Malfis isn't here. Like, uh, Fognini's not here. So it's just like a lot of these guys just get bumped up. And then it's just like guys like Kyrgios who 
you know, may or may not be seated, uh, aren't there. The two, the two dangerous floaters are Andy Murray and uh, Kevin Anderson, I think. Um, but beyond that, there's just like... Uh, o- Opelka, maybe too, but he's hurt, right? Yeah, he like hurt his knee. He, he had to withdraw uh, on serve against Tsitsipas in last week um, due to knee soreness. And whenever you see like a big man with sore knees like that's that's a that's an issue yeah um all right so we have shapovalov in the fourth round the next section it's Goffin section um oh he has a tough one against opelka i guess so so yeah we were just talking about riley what what are his odds of beating Goffin? do you think i think they're significantly diminished because of his health yeah, if he were even strength, I would have given him probably forty five percent chance, which is pretty good. But now I have him at like fifteen percent. Yeah. Yeah, and so if Goffan gets past Opelka, I don't see anybody challenging him until Shapovalov. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, call Krajinovic. To okay. get past both Gafan and Shapovalov. Really? The quarters. You were convinced by his win against team? Or I just think like Gafan and Shapovalov are both so unreliable, especially like now, uh, that I think just something random's going to happen in this quarter. All right. Well, I'm going to call uh, Shapovalov, I think. Um but who knows? I sort of want Shapovalov just because he's got the firepower. Like, if Shapovalov is playing his best, he, he can really test Novak. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I sort of want that as a quarter. Um, it, it's it's one I'd watch. Um, all right, so the next section, we've got um, Sitsipas as the four seed, and Chorich is the 27 seed, and... Nobody else who's interesting. I guess Ramos Vinolas, but it's, he's more of a clay court player. Um, yeah, it's these guys with a bunch of clay court players. Um, so do you have George and Sitsipas making the round of 32? Yeah. And then Sitsipas beating George? Yeah, although that's a tough match. I think it'll be like 60-40 Sitsipas. Yeah, I I I don't give Church as good of a chance as you do. Um, all right, so let's go next section. We've got Lajevic, who's somehow the 18 seed, and uh, Garin, who's the 13 seed. Garin is the 13 seed. Yeah, and then here are the other names in the section: Gerasimov, uh, Kravaglia, Jordan Thompson, Balaz. Kakushkin and Blanche. Man, this is an all-time easy quarter for um, for uh, Sitsipas. Yeah, I think uh, I think Green. Yeah, Green or Lajevic, Who gives a shit? Um, but I'll I'll just say Green, uh, and then Sitsipas gets gets by him into like the quarterfinals. Um, 
I'll go live this, you know. <laughs> Spice things up. Yeah. All right. Uh, next section, we've got uh, Schwartzman as the nine seed, Erkaj as the uh, 24 seed, and then the other names in this section are Nori, Jung, Korea, uh, Davidovich, Fakina, Novak, and Gajevic. Gajevic. Uh, yeah. So I guess do you have anyone upsetting Herkaj or Schwartzman in this? Um. No. I think it will be those two, but I'm trying to figure out who I think will win between those two. I've got Schwartzman. I'll go her catch. Solid. All right. So and then the this is actually an interesting one. We've got uh, so Manorino is the 32 seed and Sverev is the five seed, and Sverev is playing Kevin Anderson in like basically the marquee first round matchup. And then the other names in this section, we've got Jack Sock versus Pablo Cuevas. And uh, Paolo Lorenzi versus Brandon Nakashima, who's like a, a young American, like up-and-comer. Um, so yeah, we've got our first like interesting section. Um, who, so who do you have in Sverev versus Anderson? Uh, I'll take Sverev. I'm going Anderson. Um, as much with my heart as with my head. I think it is a coin flip. Yeah. Sverev yeah. looked... So Sverev was serving for the match against Murray and double faulted three times. And then double faulted How? like three more times or like two times, either two or three times uh, in his next service game and got broken like twice in a row. He was serving, uh, I think at 5-4. And lost that. No, I think he lost in a tiebreak. He either lost seven five or in a tiebreak. But I think uh, it was seven five. How did how did Anderson do last week? Um, I don't actually remember, but uh, he's had success here. He was a, he's a former finalist, and I just think he's just a better bet, a safer bet in Grand Slams than Sverev. Um. Yeah, but either way, it would be great to have one of them out of the tournament. With Anderson, I just don't enjoy watching him play. With Sarev, I just don't like him, even though he's kind of, I kind of like his game. So it's like, okay, well, either way, one of those guys is out of the tournament, which is nice. Um. And so, do you have uh, you have Sarev making the round of sixteen? Or do you have like Manorino or Sock like taking him down? Uh, I got Jack Sock. You got Jack right, Sock. This will be the resurgence of Sock. <laughs> I mean, it's as good it's as good as an opportunity as he might have. Like this is a very light draw, not just for Sock but for everyone. Like everyone in this section will see this draw, except for Anderson and Sverev, and think, man, I can. I can do something with this. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna. I'm going to pick Anderson in the quarter in the round of sixteen, and then I've got Schwartzman versus Anderson 
I'll take Schwartzman in the quarters. Nice. Uh, I got Hercats against Sock. I'll take Sock in the quarters. All right. And Sitsipas or Sock? Uh, I'll go, I'll go, uh, and then what's the other quarterfinal again? Uh, Novak against, uh, in this half though. Yeah, Novak against, I had, uh, I had Shapovalov. You had, uh, oh, yeah. You had some All right, I'll, I'll go Sitsipas. I think this is when Sock's Sox journey comes to an end. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sitsipas as well. Yeah, so I have Novak against uh, Sitsipas in the in the semifinals in the top half. Um, that'll. I really hope that's the match because okay. I think, okay, Sitsipas has, like, kind of a, a cakewalk, but, you know, it's best of five, and any one of these matches could trip him up. I see him as much less likely to make the semis than Novak is. Um, but if he does make it, then I think that'll be just an awesome match. Um, yeah, so I hope that is the match. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I have Novak winning that, but I, I, I think since the past is kind of like I think it's more like sixty forty. I think that might be yeah. The semifinals is when the tournament like starts to get real. I don't think it's sixty forty. I think it's like eighty five fifteen. Yeah, that's probably more. That's probably more accurate. Um. Cool. Let's go to the second half of the draw. Um, Berrettini and Rude are the, the seeds in the first section. Berrettini is the sixth seed. Rude is the 30 seed. Um, I guess the potential sleeper I've spotted here is uh, Ugo Umbert. But, I mean, he's not even that good. Um, I think Berrettini... Like sort of walks into the uh, the round of sixteen. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Berrettini kind of needed this too. Like this is a lot of sort of the the core of his ranking points to begin with. Yeah. Will he lose ranking points? Are you allowed to lose ranking points this year or not? I don't know. I think that you're not. But I think you keep the points for the tournaments that were skipped. Yeah. I'm not sure about But Nadal's not going to lose ranking points for not playing the U.S. Open. What I'm asking is, like, if you play the U.S. Open, do you have potential to lose the points you you won last year? Like, if uh, Berrettini does not make the semis again, will he get to keep his semifinal result, or will he will he roll with this year's result? Uh, that's a good question. Or will he, like, get whatever he gets this year in addition? To, like, do the guys get whatever they get this year in addition to what they had last year? Um, but anyway, neither of us knows the answer. So, you know, listeners tweeted us if you know uh, the answer. We're at Doubles Alley Pod. Um, 
Yeah, we'd love to know. Um, all right, the next section, uh, somebody withdrew. So there's no seat at the top. It's like granola versus makrak. Majur. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Majkraz. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so Rublev has like a pretty, pretty easy road to the round of 16. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Shardy is actually probably his hardest match. Um, yeah. So Rublev is going to make the round of 16 easily. And then the next the next one is uh, Dimitrov and Basilashvili. Um, uh, there are actually some... Dimitrov. Yeah, there are actually some... This is actually like a decently tough section. There's Milman is ba uh, Basilashvili's uh, first round. Tiafo's in the section. He plays Seppi first round. Fuksovich is in it. And then Dimitrov plays Tommy Paul first round, who's like, you know, pretty good. Um... So yeah, this is I, I sort of see this as like um a real Grand Slam like section. Yeah. I'm so gonna, you, you think go, I'm gonna go Rublev over Fuxovich. You think Fuxovich? I'm gonna go yeah, uh I'm gonna go uh Tiafo. I'm gonna go Rublev over Tiafo. Nice. Yeah, I think this is the kind of tournament where the the uh, the the sort of the Eastern European guys who like will aren't like seeds but often surface or aren't typically seeds like um, like Herkash and Fuksovich and Krajinovich and those kind of guys are going to do, do well yeah yeah so you're you're not taking the milkman no not taking the milkman. Okay. Well, another day. Uh, all right. So the next section we've got Guido Pella as the twenty-nine seed, and Daniil Medvedev as the three seed. Uh, for floaters, I guess there's Laszlo Jair. Uh, there's Feliciano Lopez, um, and then a bunch of guys who don't have a chance. Um, you think Medvedev just cruises? Ah. Uh I think Jer and Lopez are actually not terrible floaters. Um, yeah, I think he, I think he, he makes it, but um, a little more dangerous than a lot of other people's sections. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I've seen Laszlo Jer play really well, um, but I mean, he's not even a seed in this year's tournament, so he also presumably plays badly as well. But if he does play well, that's like a tough second round match. But I don't think he's gonna beat Medvedev. Yeah. Um, all right. So we've got Batista Gu and Rayanich in the next uh, next section. Um, and I guess you've got your Batista Gu Sangren match. Um, and then I guess Pospisil is in here. Kechmanovic is in here. One of your one of your Eastern Europeans. Um, yeah, I'm tempted by Kecmanovic, but I, I'm I'm gonna take Batista Gu over Rayanich. Yeah, you think it goes chalk? Yeah, yeah, I I actually really like watching Batista Gu play. 
I just love how he's able to like so consistently hit ground strokes that are within two feet of the baseline. Yeah. Um. All right. So I guess um we've got uh we've both got Batista Gu and then next section is Deminor and Kashinov and then. For floaters, there's Query, uh, Gasquet, and Karlovich. Uh, and center. And Oh, center, yeah. It's uh, first round against Kashinov. That's a tough first rounder. Yeah. What, what, are, what are you calling in this one? Uh, I'm going to call... Uh, Not really confident in anybody, but I think I'll just go center because I'm feeling it. Yeah, I mean, he's young and he's good. Young guys that are good tend to break out when they're young. Kashinov is a tough first round opponent, though. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sam Query. I don't know. Sam Quarry is best when he's under the radar, and I think he's sort of bided his time quite a bit. So yeah, yeah. And then That's good. also Americans sometimes Americans tend to surface in the U.S. Open. Um, yeah, but there's no crowd. Yeah. All right, and then okay, so who would? Who would the winner? So I would have Query against Bautista Goot. I would take Bautista Goot there. Yeah, I'd take Bautista Goot as and, well. Yeah, and then, okay. Next section, we've got uh, Felix Auger Aliassime as the 15th seed and Dan Evans as the 23th seed. And then there's Andy Murray in the section against Nishioka. And then. Yeah, quarantine Mutet against uh, Vesely. Yeah, this is actually a tough one. Who do you have uh, between Felix and Murray? I got Murray. I think he's good for like one really tough match. Um, but he'll be he'll be running on fumes later on in the draw. So you think Murray beats OJ Aliasim and then. Who who would you have in the third round? Would you have Murray against uh, Dan Evans? Yeah, and I think Murray will beat Dan Evans too, just because they're countrymen, and I think Murray just has like he just won't allow himself to lose to Dan Evans. Yeah, I think yeah, Murray's just like primed for a fight right now. Um, but then I think in the in the uh, he'll lose to a uh, team in the. In the round of in, sixteen. In the round of sixteen, yeah. Yeah. So you 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 think team so you've already you've uh shown your hand. So you think so there's Chilich as the thirty one seed and team as the two seed. And I guess Jean Munar is somebody we know. But so you think basically Chilich team beats Chilich? Yeah. Chilich looked and, kind of bad last week. Uh, yeah, 
I think team can sort of build some momentum and beat uh, Chilich and Murray and uh, Batista Agut. Okay. And then for, I guess, the other section, do you, I have Medvedev beating, um, let's see. I would have Medvedev beating Tiafo, and then it would be Rublev versus uh, Berrettini. Who do you have in that match? Uh, I've got, um, I don't know. I've, didn't Berrettini just like stomp him last year? Yeah. Yeah, this is a rematch. I think I'll go Rublev. Yeah. Yeah, I had Rublev in my top five preseason, so I'll, I'll go Rublev as well. He seems to be fully healthy. Um, so Rublev, Medvedev. That's a, that's a clash of the uh, the Russians. The red machine. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Medvedev. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Medvedev, you have team. Uh, who else, Who do I have? Yeah, Medvedev versus. Yeah, I have a. Uh... I have team as well. Yeah, Medvedev versus team. So, so we 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 have the top four seeds in the semifinals. I actually think this is sort of where the tournament starts. Like uh, these are these are like this is the real meat of it. Um, so it is sort of like Grand Slams past where like. You really do think the top four seeds will make the semifinals. Um, so who do you have, Medvedev or team? Peter? Yeah, sorry. The uh, internet's being, being uh, funky. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, I'm going to take team over Medvedev. And then Djokovic over team. Cool. I'll take uh, Medvedev over team. And then... I'll go Medvedev over Djokovic because Medvedev is the one player who I think Djokovic just really doesn't doesn't like to play. Um, he's just so fast and quirky. But... Uh, he's also... Uh, last week, he was up a set in a break against Bautista Agu and, like, let it slip. Um, yeah, one thing with Medvedev, I've seen him do this quite a bit, is he, he, he has a firm hold of a match, and then something happens, some, like the other player breaks him, or just something happens that doesn't go his way, and he just sort of loses control, and it just, like, slips, slips away. Um, and so, like, even though I have him in the final, I think there's a good chance that he's not in the final. So, like, if he is indeed the finalist, I think he's got a good chance against Djokovic. Uh, but if he's... But I think Djokovic is much more likely to be in the final and win the tournament. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I just don't want to overthink it. 
I think Djokovic is just clearly better than everyone else right now, and it's not going to be. And there's going to be some rationalization that goes on midweek or mid-tournament, but at the end of the day, it's going to be Djokovic. Yeah, which is another reason this is a boring Grand Slam. More boring than usual. Even though Djokovic is like always the clear favorite. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts? Um, I'm wondering how the... Uh, my guess is that the real reason Nadal didn't play this tournament is because he really fully wants to focus on clay and getting his 20th major um, uh, in uh, this season and tying Federer and all of that jazz. But uh, I, I really do wonder um, how, uh, whether the people who sit out the U.S. Open have the advantage at Roland Garros or the people who play the U.S. Open have the advantage. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have seen Rafa in the draw just because we don't even know if Roland Garros... I mean, it's probably going to be played, but the viruses are surging in France right now. Um, and the tournament is, like, less... It's, like, three weeks away. So, like, uh... Yeah, maybe longer. I forget exactly when Roland Garros starts, but uh, it's not far away. And, you know, the weather's, like, cooling down a bit. It was, uh... The high was, like, 67 today. Uh, oh wow! Which is annoying because it's still August. Uh, I mean, it's going it's going to go back to seventies next week, but uh, but you know, like you just don't know. Like we know that I think one reason is like one thing he might have been thinking about is like, okay, if I can only play one tournament between the U.S. Open and the French Open, which one would I rather play? And he would rather play the French Open. And he just sort of didn't want to get injured. Uh, he didn't want to risk injury. Uh, the U.S. is sort of a mess right now. He didn't want to, like, mess with, like, travel and stuff. It was just, like, an uncomfortable situation. And, uh, yeah. He wants to get number 20. Um, and so it's like, okay, if I can only play... Also, it's like, it was sort of unclear how long they're going to have to quarantine, like, when they do go to France or when they when they travel back to Europe, uh, and he would likely be go far in the draw, so that that's another concern for him. Um, yeah, and with all this uncertainty, I, I think he was just... What he's doing to train on clay. He's at the Rafael Nadal Academy, I think, but... Yeah, I don't know who he's playing. Maybe him and Wabrinka are, like, like, chilling. Yeah, Wabrinka just comes over, and their whole thing is to just beast mode the French Open together. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't... I mean, I haven't seen pictures on Instagram, but I wouldn't doubt that that's probably happening. The, uh... Yeah, I think, I think his decision was, okay, which one would I rather play, like... Do, would I rather play the U.S. Open or the French Open? Uh, and I would rather play the French Open. 
because I think I have a better chance of winning it. I guess the other thing we we need to talk about is uh, Del Potro got surgery again. That's just sad news. Yeah. On, on this knee that's been bothering him, he went to Switzerland for it. I mean, he might be done as a contender. Yeah, I mean, his forehand is uh, always contender. It's just his body is made of like cardboard. Um, yeah, what a, what an unlucky guy. Yeah, his U.S. Open victory was now eleven years ago. And I guess he's had moments between then and now. Like, he was in some awesome Wimbledon matches against Nadal and against Djokovic, and he won Indian Wells, I think. Did he win Indian Wells? Um, I think he... No, I think... Yeah, I think he did win Indian Wells. Yeah, and... I don't know, he's been... been, He he was in the finals of the U.S. Open against Nadal. Uh, No, he was in the semis against Nadal, I think. That was the Kevin... Kevin Anderson year, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he's had he's had moments like when he's fully healthy, he's uh, he's as good as he always is. But I'm just unconvinced that he'll be able to be fully healthy again. Um, which is which is which is which is really sad for him, but also sad for for tennis viewers. Um, and then another thing that's happened is. Uh, the Bryans uh, retired. Um, I think they just didn't want to go to New York and live in a bubble. And they, yeah, they're in their forties now. They'd rather be with their families and or they were. I think they were planning on retiring at the end of the season, but they were just like, we didn't see a pandemic happening, um, and we'd rather not deal with that uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, talk about greatness. Greatest doubles team ever by far. Um, They'll be missed on tour for sure, especially by American fans who uh, now officially have no one to root for in the men's side. Um, Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, on that down note, I think uh, I think that just about does it for our U.S. Open preview. Um, check us out on Twitter at Doubles Alley Pod, uh, and if you like what you're hearing, uh, subscribe, leave us a five star review. Um, without further ado, La Bamba. <laughs>